You are listening to a podcast of Elam Lutheran Church in Osakis, Minnesota. Our passion is to be an oasis of life-giving water where lost and wandering souls can find eternal refreshment. For more content and to find out more about our ministries, please visit osakiselamchurch.com. Good morning once again. I don't know that I have a lot to add to that other than a big hearty amen, but uh, I will do my best here. So I don't have a full-on message for you today. What I have is just kind of a brief meditation, and it's on one verse from the Bible. One verse, you've probably heard it before, and I'm going to read it to you now. This comes from 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. It goes like this. This is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. At the heart of Christianity is a God who loves. If you remember anything from today's message, remember that. At the heart of Christianity is a God who loves. Now, that may seem self-evident. After all, God is love. Anyone who has ever attended a church service or Bible camp or, or sung a single Christmas carol knows this. We talk about God's love, right? We, we celebrate it. We sing about it. We study it in Scripture. But how often do we pause to consider the question, what is love? When we say that at the heart of Christianity is a God who loves what do we really mean? Love is one of the most slippery terms in the English language. We love our spouse. We love our kids. We love pizza. We love the Vikings. Or... If you're a Packers fan, you love Green Bay, and then you repent of that later. <laughs> right? We love Christmas. We, we love presents, and we love Jesus. We use the word love in every single one of those statements, but does it mean the same thing in all of them? I may be going out on a limb here, but I'd venture to guess that if we did a survey of the audience and asked how many of you are pro or anti-love, the response would be pretty unanimous, right? All aboard the love train. To my knowledge, no politician has ever won an election with the slogan, down with love. We all want to be loved and to love others. It's pretty universal. But again, back to that original question, what is love? Is it primarily a, a feeling or an action? Is it an attitude, something to be chosen every day? Is love some genetic predisposition you're born with? Like a child loves its parents because they provide for her and protect her. Is love within our power to change or is it fixed? And how do we quantify it? Like how do we measure love? How much love do I need? How much love am I supposed to give to others, and how do I know when I have given enough? Or what about the motive behind it? Must love be purely altruistic, or is there some room for self-interest there? 
And most importantly, was Princess Anna right when she said, love is an open door? We're quick to pass the love cup around, but we're not even sure exactly what it is we're drinking. In today's text, however, the Apostle John gives a very clear and direct answer to the question, what is love? And it's different than what we might expect. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He first loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. During Christmas, we ponder the miracle of the Incarnation. When God became flesh, put on skin, and dwelled among us in the person of Jesus Christ. No one captured the wonder of the Incarnation better than Augustine, who was a 5th century African bishop. And he spoke these words in a famous Christmas sermon. Man's maker was made man, that he ruler of the stars, might nurse at his mother's breasts, that the bread might be hungry, the fountain thirst, the light sleep, the way be tired from the journey, that the truth might be accused of false witnesses, the judge of the living and the dead be judged by a mortal judge, justice be sentenced by the unjust, the teacher be beaten by whips, the vine be crowned with thorns, the foundation be suspended on wood, that strength might be made weak, that he who makes well might be wounded, that life might die. With these words, Augustine paints a very powerful picture of what love looks like. And what love looks like is Jesus. It's interesting to note that When the Apostle John sets out to define love, the very first thing he does is to tell us what it is not. So, what is love not? Well, he says, it's not that we loved God. In other words, love doesn't start with us. It doesn't originate within our hearts. Instead, it originates within the hearts of God. There must have been very good reason for John to come right out of the gates swinging with this bold disclaimer. You see, John knows the human heart and how tempted we are to fixate on ourselves and our own abilities and what we can do and how much we can do, like how good we are at loving others, how, how much we care about the latest hashtag or political cause how benevolent we are with our money, how devoted we are to prayer or Bible reading or moral living or social justice, right? Now, don't get me wrong. All of those in and of themselves, all of those things I just listed are good. But the level of importance we ascribe to them and the zeal with which we pursue them often reveals a subconscious belief. That God's love is somehow, in some way, shape, or form, dependent upon you and me. It's something that can be bought. Because surely our relationship with Him, like every other relationship we know, must be a two-way street, right? Every cell in our bodies rebels against the idea of a one-way, unconditional love. 
But our text tells us plainly that our love for God doesn't factor into the equation. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us. It is His love for us which ignites and fuels our love for Him and for others. God is the author, source, and origin of true love. You see, He is the lover. We are the beloved. It's important to to get right. And this is really, really good news As songwriters Keith and Kristen Getty say, I could never keep my hold through life's fearful past. For my love is often cold. He must hold me fast. He must hold me fast. He must hold me fast. For my Savior loves me so. He must hold me fast. Though our love for God and for others is often cold and weak and inconsistent. God's is not. His love does not grow cold. His strength never falters. And He is as consistent as the sunrise. John goes on to complete his definition of love in this way. He says, love not only starts with God, but it involves God sending His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God, had, God sent His Son. Pause right there for a moment. God sent His Son. The Father sent His Son into the world, into a world that He knew would despise and reject and crucify Him. He sent His only child in the most, into the most dreadful circumstances imaginable. He was dragged down into the muck and mire of human existence, filthy in its sin and brokenness, to wash us clean and to rescue us from a trap we didn't even know we were caught in. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. John tells us that Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Now, the same Greek word used here is also used way back in Leviticus, talking about this day of atonement. You've heard this of this ceremony before, the day of atonement that the Israelites were to observe. And what happened on the day of the atonement was the high priest entered the Holy of Holies to sacrifice a sin offering, a goat on behalf of the people. The other part of this ceremony was that another goat, which was known as the scapegoat, was banished into the wilderness outside the camp, symbolizing the eradication of sin. And all of this points to a much greater truth. You see, God sent Jesus Christ into the world to unchain us from the tyranny of sin. You see, He sent Christ into the world to be that sacrifice once and for all for you and for me. See, whether you know it or not, every wrong you have ever done or ever will do, that thing you did years ago that keeps you up at night, 
the fights you can't forget, the skeletons in your closet, the words you wish you could take back, the internet history that you can't clear from your mind, the bad habits you fall back into again and again. All of these have been paid for. They've been taken away, transferred to Jesus, who pays the price and casts them into the heart of the sea. See, He bears all of your guilt and shame. Not just some of it. He bears all of it. And that means you don't have to. You don't have to. You are forgiven. You are free. And in the words of Sally Lloyd-Jones, all because of God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. If you haven't read the Jesus Story Bible, go out and buy a copy. What is love? It's the baby born to a virgin in an animal's feed trough. It's the Galilean miracle worker casting out demons and healing every sickness and disease. It's the king of the Jews suspended on a cross between heaven and earth. It's the resurrected one standing beside the empty tomb, nail and spear marks still fresh on his flesh. Love is Jesus Christ. The one who laid down everything for you and for me. Because at the heart of Christianity is a God who loves. It's a God who loves us so much that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Through him. From the manger to the cross to the empty tomb, he did it all for you. May we celebrate the wonderful gift of Jesus Christ this Christmas season. And may we find ourselves basking in the love of the God who first loved us. Amen. Hey friends, Pastor Luke here. Thanks so much for tuning in. I trust that you've been blessed by our message from God's Word today. Hey, we'd love to connect with you more. If you have comments or questions, you can email me directly at pastorchellog at gmail.com. That's pastor K-J-O-L-H-A-U-G at gmail.com. As we wrap up our time together today, please receive this benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. Amen.